Never underestimate your enemy. Even if you think they're weaker than you, you always have to stay one step ahead of him. That's the only way to guarantee a victory. Is that understood? Yes, Sensei! Good. Now let's see if you truly understand the lesson. Welcome to Cobra Kai. Doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies Podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and Jose Barron. We're the podcast show that breaks down and shares insight gained from the hit Netflix series Cobra Kai. Are you ready? Then fall in. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies Podcast. What's up, brother? How's it going? Going good, man. Enjoying this cold weather. Bringing out the hoodies. Bringing out (laughs) the hoodies, man. Yeah, I can see, but the people can't see. But yeah, man, it's cold. You know, my daughter had practice today, man. And man, I was freezing my butt off, man. But yeah, (laughs) dude, doing good. Can't believe this is it, right? This is the last um, Thursday of... Oh, January, man. We'll be in February next week, man. So, yeah, time is moving fast, brother. All right, man. So, why don't you go ahead and get us started, man, on episode four, entitled The Right Path. Following an important meeting in Japan, Daniel revisits Mr. Miyagi's hometown in Okinawa. Johnny attempts to reconnect with Robbie. All right, brother. So, go ahead and start us off, man. Episode four, season three, Cobra Kai, The Right Path. Tell us where where you're going with your... One of your favorite scenes. Absolutely. Let me start off with Daniel at the bar. It's kind of like the opening scene. He's kind of down on his luck. He's having a drink. Uh, The meeting with Doyona uh, didn't go well. He he was pretty impressive with his ideas in the meeting. Apparently, he had these programs and all this this nice pamphlet. And um, but uh, the board for Doyona uh wasn't their main concern wasn't sales it was pr which again goes back to the fight at the school um so he's at the bar just kind of like you know really just disappointed like he doesn't really know what to do next kind of needing that guidance and we'll kind of uh go into that a little bit more this episode but he's on his phone he's going through some pictures he stops at the one with him and mr miyagi on like a cliff it's from karate kid part three mm-hmm. and and then the bartender sees this right he kind of chimes in. He's like, hey, you know, he notices you look happy there. Daniel's like, yeah, those were happier times. Um, <clears throat> and that that was his best friend. And, you know, hey, is that why you're in town? Um, and he's like, nah, he's no longer with us. So he's like, you know, kind of just really reminiscent. Yeah. But the bartender says something very interesting, something I didn't uh, I didn't even know about Japanese culture. But, you know, very interesting. He's like, you know, that's a, that's an American way of thinking. In Japan, you can always visit someone. They speak to us even when they're gone. I was like, wow, you know? And then, of course, the r- brilliant writing. You know, the camera pans yeah. to the TV behind the bar, and it's a commercial about Okinawa. Come visit it. And, um, I mean, hey, Daniel's already on that side of the world, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you might, might as well give it a shot. Um, but, yeah, I love this you know, I love this scene. Well, number one, if the board had already made their decision, why even take the meeting with Daniel? Yeah. That kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, bothered me a little bit, but you know, hey, um, just, but you know, they're just, just playing with him, man. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, but you know, it's it's it taught me a little bit about keeping an open mind. You know, yeah. don't just and I think we've mentioned this before in some of the previous episodes. You know, 
don't just default to your way of thinking. Yeah, for sure. And um, like I said, he's on that side of the world, so why not go stop for a visit, which that's kind of what the writers left us with, that that scene, like, okay, he sees it, and he's going to go. Okay, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely that was the way to take him back to Okinawa. And yeah, man, I'm with you. I like that scene as well. I like when he was talking to Amanda on the phone because obviously the deal didn't go through. But uh, Daniel was the optimist, man. He was like, I'm going to, it's, what did he say? I'm not leaving without a yes. Yeah, I'm not leaving without a yes. And he said it can be done. So that to Mm -hmm. me just shows me that Daniel was the optimist at that point, man. And so uh, definitely love what the bartender said as well, man. Very American way of thinking. That was pretty cool, man. That, yeah, people, they speak to us even when they're gone. And I don't know, you know, with regards to your family, but I know that. You know, my mom, you know, she, she'll go and visit my grandma at the cemetery and stuff because, yeah. you know, she sometimes feel that even though they're gone, they still speak to us in some way. So I kind of connected it to that, you know, my mom will say that, right? Like, oh, you should go visit your grandma or whatever. But mm-hmm. and not that I'm being disrespectful by not going. I'm just, I don't know, man. I guess we're just so caught up with a lot of stuff, man. But I know that yeah. my mom, you know, she, that's one of the things that she does, man. She'll go and, you know, visit my grandmother's, you know, um, you know, tombstone or whatever. And so, but I also thought about it. Uh, remember Zach Morris, man, and uh, and Saved by the Bell when uh, running Zach, Chief Henry. Yeah, <laughs> remember. Chief Henry, yeah. And so Chief Henry died, right? But Chief Henry spoke to him, and Zach won that race. You know, so I was oh, kind of yeah. just thinking about that, man. How, yeah, dude. You know, there's a lot of cultures, a lot of people that do believe that that even though somebody's gone, they can still speak to you in some way. So that was pretty cool. I really liked that, man. I was yeah. like, yo, that was pretty cool by the bartender. Just, just so dope. And I'm gonna. I'm going to skip to another part just to show you the difference between cultures. Uh, so there, that bartender, right, talked to Daniel. And obviously, Daniel was open to talking to him, right? And he told him that mm-hmm. good stuff, right? In Japan, you can always visit visit someone. But remember uh, later down in the episode where Johnny was at the bar and the bartender tried to talk to him. And Johnny was like, look, man, right. I just want a beer. So you see the differences? So I, as I was watching it again, I was like, I noticed that. So Daniel was open, right? To, to get a suggestion, like you said, like, okay, like the, the light came on for him. But Johnny, he was like, nah, forget that. You know, I just need a beer, yeah. you know, so. Uh, Still stuck in his ways, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So my next favorite scene, but before that, yeah, you're right, dude. Um, I'm sure you know about this, but I want to just point it out real quick. So Okinawa, this was actually the first time that they filmed there because Karate Kid Part 2, even though it was based in Okinawa, they did not film there. They filmed in Hawaii, I believe. In so, Hawaii, yes. Yeah, so this is the first time that Ralph Macho actually had the opportunity to go to Okinawa. And you're right, man. It looked very, very beautiful. Very man. beautiful, so, yeah. Yeah, my next... uh, My next... There I go again, messing up. My favorite <laughs> scene, first favorite scene, is never underestimate your enemy. So that's basically Kreese. He's just giving his monologue and... He's like, look, even if you think they're weaker than you, you always have to stay one step ahead of them. There's that's the only way to guarantee a victory. And so that's pretty good advice, man. You know, don't it ever is. think that that people are weaker than you. Right. Never underestimate your enemy and think about all the underdogs that have overcome. So I thought about like, remember when Mike Tyson got beat up by uh, Buster Douglas? Buster Douglas. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And remember uh, Brazil against Germany? <laughs> but <laughs> it, no, didn't Germany tear him up? Right. Because I mean, oh, nobody yeah, nobody was expecting that. Yeah. Right, because yeah. wasn't that in my in my was that in Germany or was that in Brazil where they got Toro? No, that was actually in Brazil. That was in Brazil, in right? Yeah. Okay, so I, <laughs> I figured you like that, bro. <laughs> oh but yeah. But never underestimate your enemy. I mean, they got tore up, dude. Right. 
Yeah, everybody thought Brazil was just going to walk through that tournament, man. Yeah. So when Germany did that, everybody was like, whoa. Yeah. I remember even a funny meme, just sorry to get off track, but a funny meme is like uh, when that occurred, because it was like 7-1, uh, they put like a video game console and they where it says uh, difficult, hard, easy, and then Brazil. Oh, really? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> I never saw that. I just thought, I remember that. Oh, that's cool, ago. man. But yeah, definitely, you know, never underestimate your enemy, man. Never underestimate the the, the player that you're going against because they may be hungry, you know? And so, again, man, another connection with uh, Rocky and Clever Lang, right? The first time he fought Clever, he wasn't hungry, man. So yeah. you just never know, man. You never know. Like I said, even if you think, like Chris is saying, right? Chris is breaking down some knowledge. Even if you think they're weaker, then you never underestimate them. So another reason that I like this scene is because we finally get some names to some of these Cobra Kai kids. So <laughs> Red, <laughs> Red, Red, Rick and Rickenberger. <laughs> so, anyways, Crease uh, tells them to kick the tree off the off the kick the tree off the the stump or whatever, right? So yeah, there's a it, it was a bonsai tree, right? Like a pole, right? Yeah, yeah. it was a bonsai yeah, tree. It was, yeah, it was a bonsai tree. That was pretty funny too. Uh, so it was on a wooden <laughs> column. We'll just say that, right? So it was wooden on a wooden column. column. Yes. And Kreese was like, all right, who's going to kick the tree off the off the top of the wooden column? So there's this bonsai tree. For those who are listening, there's this bonsai tree on top of a wooden column. And as Kreese is giving this lesson, he's you know challenging one of the Cobra Kai kids to kick the tree off the top. And so first it's Red, he fails. Then it's Rickenberger. I don't know why I like that name, but Rickenberger, and he fails too. <laughs> and then Kreese, man, what, what kind of coach is he? He's just... He's just um, <laughs> he's kind of putting them down right he's like stop your sniveling or like oh that's exactly. pathetic and all that so i was like way to way to encourage your troops there crease so anyways then we see hawk and he kicks the column he actually kicks the column so the bonsai tree can fall right and so yeah. hawk was smart in that regards right and everybody's like well he cheated and he and crease was like he didn't cheat and then he says some more good stuff he's like no he didn't Unlike you, he did exactly what I asked him to do. If your mind is agile, so are you. That's the best way to beat your enemy. Not just with brute strength, but you have to fight smart. Do that, and you always come out on top. I like that, man. This is a pretty cool scene. Again, I think uh, Kreese, again, just kind of being the coach and, and telling his troops, all right, this is how you have to think. You know, So he's he's training their mind to think a certain way, which is going to obviously you know, affect what happens to the Cobra Kai kids in the next you know, several episodes and even in the next several yeah. scenes. So what, did you have that as well? Yeah, that's definitely one of the ones I, I took down. And I agree, good lesson about fighting smart, using your head, man. Yeah. Don't just rely on your physical traits. And I, I mean, I, I also jotted down, like, just, you know, don't underestimate a challenge in a situation, you know, just, you know, think, yeah, <laughs> use your right. mind. Yeah. You sound like, so, overcome it. You sound like blood sport there, bro, right? It's the power of the mind. I did. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do What's have up? a blood sport reference in this scene, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, I actually have a kickboxer and a blood sport. Okay. When, when red tried to knock off the, the plant, yeah. He like tried to stretch his legs almost like uh, Van Damme did when he was training with ZN. 
like when he was telling him to hit, tap those uh what was it those mats those vertical mats oh yeah yeah and then he tells him to hit the, the high one. one and he's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and, and then i think his gi ripped i, I don't know it, sound, I had it sounded it like it ripped right yeah really sure. like it ripped. yeah and then of course uh a red trying to do some t- or not red uh rickenberger tried to do some kind of spinning spinning back kick, like just get a running start and do a spinning back kick, almost like Van Damme did to be Chong Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. Oh, so yeah. I, I just, I, I wrote those down and I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I connected it to those movies. Hey, great, great, <laughs> hey, great connections, man, because those are some of the good, you know, best martial arts movies out there, man. So take us to your Absolutely. next favorite scene, buddy. The next one I'm going to go to, man, is this is Johnny at the hospital. He's on the phone with Robbie or with Bobby. I'm sorry, with Bobby. And he's telling uh, Bobby, I know I screwed up. And but he's he's like, you know what? Tell Robbie that I'll uh, I'll make things right. And um, you can tell that Bobby just responds to, hey, tell him yourself, you know. But then he sees the nurse, the nurse that's taking care of Miguel. And uh, he's asking how the surgery went well or. Yeah, he's asking how Miguel's surgery went, and she replies, it's fine. He's awake now, um, a little bit out of it. And then Johnny, he's like, that means he's going to walk again, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even take into account, oh, it's they're not like miracle workers, man. Exactly. Your body has to actually, you know, retrain itself yeah. in a way. And uh, and she's, of course, you know, brings him back down to earth. He's like, hey, it doesn't work like that. Time will tell if the surgery was a success. Um but you can go in to see him, and this is this is odd, man. She offers to take him, and I know that I think uh, the last time they had an interaction, that's when Miguel I think told him to leave, right? Yeah. So, um, but Johnny's like, you know, no, he needs to be with his family. What he said, and uh, well, number one, he takes accountability, you know, um, for messing up with Robbie. But when he heard family, it just kind of I don't know. I got the feeling like it triggered in his mind. I, I need to go see my family. Okay. Okay. You know, and, yeah. and cause right after that, we'll see where we're going to talk about where he goes. Yeah, for sure. But my question was, why do you think he didn't go see him? He wasn't ready to go see Miguel. What's your opinion with that? Maybe he's still too hurt, you know, or maybe he feels Miguel is still angry at him. Okay. Or he doesn't know how to approach Miguel, I guess. Yeah in a way because you know he's still he's one of those guys that's stuck in his way so maybe he doesn't know how to do the approach oh yeah that's good he doesn't know how to apologize because he never said he was sorry remember we mentioned that right he never said he was sorry so maybe that was the case you know he doesn't know how to say so he's kind of like all right i'm just gonna let this cat sleep it off you know like if if enough time passes this dude will forget about it so uh, which, which to be honest, it's kind of how it played out because he eventually goes to see him. I mean, yeah, we're kind of spoiling right. the rest of the episode, but he's going to go see Miguel. But at that particular moment, he wasn't ready to see Miguel. So my next favorite scene is when Daniel arrives in Okinawa, gets to the airport, and they take him to Tomi Village, man. Tomi but Village. what I love about that, dude, I love the Karate Kid music again from part two. The you nostalgia. Know, just, uh, yeah, dude, the nostalgia. The wind pipes. I love that music, man. I don't know. Every time I hear it, it's just, it's a good score, man. It's a good musical score. So uh, I love the flashback scenes from part two. You know, Daniel with Kumiko, uh, Miyagi, all that stuff, man. So very, very good nostalgia. Even though, like, I got to be honest, man, like part two, I mean, it's funny. We can laugh about it, but I'll rewatch part one a lot more than I'll watch part two. I don't know. How do you feel? 
You know what? I, I I do like part one, but you know what? I think part two, um, or I like part one better. Yeah. But I think part two is kind of underrated a little bit, man. I, I think, think it's so. good. It's a good. It's a good film. You know, I, I got to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I've watched it so many times, man. So it's just like second nature to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because there, to be honest with you, there's there's things from part two that I'm like, man, I, I don't remember, man. I mean, obviously, I remember the the ice scene, you know, <laughs> that was pretty funny, yeah. and, the, and the fight scene at the end. But uh, I don't know, I, I don't know. Maybe I got to give it another shot. But for this, right, for this episode, I just love the flashback scenes, man, because again, oh, yeah. the the writers do a great job of just paying homage of realizing that yo this is part of a bigger thing this cobra kai show is part of this great karate kid you know movie franchise and so i love it but anyways daniel gets to tell me village man and it's changed it's americanized <laughs> right to, to use that term yeah. man so now there's gap red lobster forever 21 baskin robbins so man kfc <laughs> yeah kfc dude so obviously you know that's something that's changed and i remember you know um when we talk about just globalization in sociology, I mean, we talk about that, that that's one of the things, right, that these countries that, you know, you're not accustomed to seeing, you're not accustomed to seeing that, but in order for them to survive, that's what has to happen, right? They have to get Americanized, so they have to bring these type of, you know, businesses and corporations, man, and so that's what we see with that, but a quick scene that, that we're going to get back to, yeah. but I like it. Anything you want to add to that, to Daniel's first visit to Tomi Village in a long time? Well, really what I just took down is the culture shock. And, you know, we talked about like Daniel, I think was expecting to see like the villagers and the huts and the houses from part one, the shrine and everything. <laughs> and he comes there to the, K, like you said, the KFC, the Baskin Robbins and all this. And it's like a mall now. So, so I guess in a way, maybe the culture shock. Yeah, culture <laughs> shock, but. But do you think he would have been able to make it? Remember how he was tripping on Johnny about eating food at the at the gas station? So, you know, do, do you think he now that, you know, he lives this great lifestyle, you know, he's a rich guy, you know, do you think he would make right. it in the living in those huts? Because, man, I'll be honest with you, man, I remember the first time I went to Guatemala City, and this is Guatemala City, the capital, bro, the capital, and, man, you talk about third world country, you know, you're, you're seeing, like, you know, huts like that, man. And so I was like, dude, I got to stay in a hotel, man, because they're still using like they're using a bucket to flush the toilet, you know, and this is the, the capital of, of Guatemala yeah. of a country, man. So I'm telling you, that was a culture shock to me. So here's this guy, <laughs> Daniel, right, who is now, like I said, making money, has all these, you know, has all these car dealerships that he owns. Do you think he would have made it now? I know that's what I he wanted. You're he right, would. bro. You're right. That's what he wanted to see. He wanted, but I don't know. You think he would have made that? I don't think he would have lasted, bro. He would have been running to, <laughs> what was it, Naha City? Yeah. That was a nearby city. <laughs> he would have been running there or getting a cab. There. For sure, <laughs> man. For sure. All right, brother. So take us to your next favorite scene. This one's the one with Johnny and Robbie. Uh, Johnny goes to, um, again, he had just left the hospital. You know, he uh, he goes to find Robbie and he finds him at this like community center. He's like volunteering there. Um <clears throat> So Robbie's surprised to see him, but Johnny tells him, hey, I'm proud of you for doing the community community service, trying to get out early. I respect that. And then, of course, Johnny notices the black guy that he has. Yeah. And he immediately gets parental on him, you know, try. He's like, are, you know, is that a black guy? Are you fighting in there? <laughs> but then Robbie kind of slows his roll a little bit. He's like, you're seriously going to lecture me about starting fights. Yeah. And then Johnny, you know, 
takes a step back and he's like, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, but basically he's just trying to make it right. You know, he's trying to talk to Robbie and, um, Robbie's, you know, being, uh, what, what's the word I want to use? Rebelish, I guess. Rebellious. Yeah. Rebellious. rebellious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Prideful, and bro. He, That's what I put. Yeah. Prideful. Very, yeah, exactly. very prideful, you know? Yeah. No, I agree completely. And he's like, what do you think I've, you know, <clears throat> he tells him, am I supposed to believe you that, you know, you're here and that I've turned my corner and, you know, that means nothing coming from you, which that's pretty hurtful, bro. You know, (laughs) that's his dad. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, Mr. LaRusso told me the same thing. Why does he give Daniel so much respect? Mr. LaRusso. (laughs) 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 And he's like, and look where I'm at now. And then Johnny's like, get LaRusso. So number one, you know, Johnny's determined to make it right. I love how he's innovative, man. He didn't, because he's, I'm pretty sure Robbie probably told the jail, Hey, don't let this guy come visit me anymore or something. Yeah. But he found him, you know, he used his, his ways to find him at the community center. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I just love that. No, uh, like the no give up mentality that he has sometimes, you know, to, that he finds a way. And then after the end of that conversation, cause Robbie tells him, Hey, it's going to be a while. Cause you know, obviously he's busy. Yeah. Uh, and, and Johnny's like, you know what? It's okay. I'm hungry. And he sits down Robbie has that look in his eye like he's got some hope, some, yeah, you no know, doubt. Like, like little bit, man, you know, but he's like, you know, still rebellious. For sure. I guess. But yeah, that's where I took that. Yeah, down rebellious. Like. And like I said, I'm going to go back to pride, you know, because, you know, yeah, Johnny maybe let him down. Not maybe, damn, he let him down, right? He let him and, down, yeah. But he's trying to make it right. And Daniel let him down, but he's trying to make it right. So, at some point, you got to let your pride go, man. And that's what I put down. You got to let your pride go. And that's the thing. Sometimes people, they want to make things right with you, but, you know, you're still mad, right? You know, you're still upset and you still don't want to let things go. And how are you ever going to get better if you let that pride? So that's what I wrote down, man. So good scene as well. I love Homeless Lynn, baby. You know, she's back. Homeless Lynn, yeah. Pretty boy. <laughs> you stalking me, <laughs> no, pretty no, boy. And you know who she sounded like, man? You know, she sounded like uh, she reminded me of Big Al. From uh, from really? uh, yeah, because she from was like uh, from a blood and blood no, out. No, 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 from blood and blood out. <laughs> yeah, she's like You're calling right, dibs exactly. on them beans. <laughs> no tortillas. No tortillas con frijoles, bro. You know what I'm saying? So she was kind of reminding me of Big Al. <laughs> I'll send you to hell with Big Al. <laughs> yeah, anyways, There's some man. light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> <Remember dude. when> he... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so homeless Lynn is back with a little cameo, yeah. man. So yeah, she's she's telling Johnny, you stalking me, pretty boy. So yeah, for sure. And like you said, I'm just gonna just gonna piggyback off this, man. You're right. Johnny's willing to write it out because what? Why? Because he wants to make things right. So and you're right, Robbie sees it. I noticed that as well. Robbie sees it. He's got this hope in him. So uh my next part, man, goes to the scene where they're in, in the cafeteria. So now we're back at West Valley High School. Dimitri's showing off his brains, right? And Yasmin, you notice <laughs> she looked impressed, man. So yeah. Dimitri created this, you know, Lego, you know, Jurassic Park type, you know, uh, thing that that took, I don't know, what do you say, three weeks to, to build? And, and we <laughs> see Hawk, build, right? Yeah. We see Hawk trying to impress. And come on, bro, you're a soccer player and you love soccer. Soccer is your thing more than mine, right? I mean, I'm, I'm big into soccer now because my daughter likes it, but uh, 22 juggles? Come on, man. What do you say? That's a new record? Is that? Come on, 22. It's got to be more than that, school. right? <laughs> yeah. 22 yeah, juggles can't be no. Right? 
Yeah, some of these world footballers, dude, they could probably go for hours or for an hour, probably. Right, at least a hundred, right? Yeah, I think my eleven-year-old daughter can do twenty-two. Come on, come on, writers, you could have done better than that. You know, that's a little (laughs) lip nick pick. Come on, writers. But anyways, so Dimitri, bro, Dimitri, I know you're gonna like this. Dimitri's getting some play, man, right? Because now Yasmin, you know, she's seeing oh, this guy, yeah, he's kind of nerdy, but hey, he's gonna give me an A. And of course, back to. Let's connect it back to what Chris, right? The teachings, all right? About no mercy, about, you know, taking, you know, down your enemy. And so now Hawk is going to establish himself as a badass. And so what does he right. do? He ruins that Lego masterpiece. He throws that soccer ball, man. Right. And I love it, man. This was good writing as well. He threw that soccer ball right as Dimitri said, the asteroid hit. So as soon as he said the asteroid yeah. hit, that soccer ball came and hit. So that Boom. was pretty yeah. cool, man. And, uh, he was like, oh, it took three weeks. And he, he Hawk with his uh, asshole line. Three seconds. It took three seconds to destroy it, man. So <laughs> real asshole move there, man. But again, that's what, you know, Hawk is establishing himself as, as being a badass, as being a heel, as being somebody who, hey, he's going to, he's going to, you know, do what he has to do to his, to make himself seem like he's cooler than you, man. So I love this, though. Dimitri didn't back down. And then Sam, you know, yeah. she, she had his back. She didn't back down either. And so uh, Hawk insinuates that, that she sleeps around, right? So right, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was tripped out. But yeah, good, good scene. Then we see the counselor come. But yeah, man, what else you got with that? Well, number one, this scene made me want to punch Hawk in the face, bro. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, man. When, like, you know, again, he destroys it. And then Homeboy just is like, you know, all sarcastically. He's like, sorry, my ball got away from me. And it's like, so did my fist. You know, that's what, kind of what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um what I, I what i wrote down is just like hawk uh he's using the lesson that Chris taught because after the counselor he see he notices the counselor was approaching yeah so that's why he baited sam you know about sleeping around and of course sam pushes him and stuff and the counselor sees that and um so he's again fighting smart because yeah. he saw the counselor yeah, right. so he's used he's using the lesson that Chris taught them or showed them earlier in this episode yeah so yeah, those are the two things. No, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. You know what? I can't believe I forgot that, and I, and I have that written down, man. So he used that lesson. He fought smart, and he even, you know what? I know you said you wanted to punch his face out, but I think Hawk won this scene because I'm remembering where he's like, "Is she?" The counselor said, "Is everything okay?" You know, are they in your personal bubble without your consent? Well, personal bubble. Yeah, yeah. And he's and then and then he tells uh, Dimitri, probably shouldn't bring your toys to school. His voice changes, right? Probably shouldn't bring your toys to school. Let, come on, she guys. Let, 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 let's stop the aggression, macro and micro. So I laughed at that, dude. So I yeah. think Hawk won that seed, man, because you're right. Yeah, yeah, he definitely he, he won good. it because he used Crease's teachings, right? You got to fight smart. So yeah. yeah, he manipulated the situation, bro. All right, man. So what else? What else? Uh, where are you taking us next, man? I think I have this a feeling, Daniel bro. Beck. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, right? Daniel Beckett, Tommy Village, or actually Tommy Village Green. Okay, <laughs> is what is what it's called? Yeah, and uh, so he's speaking to this lady. He's basically wanting to know what happened to the villagers, and of course, she explained that when the crops died, because it was a farming farming town or a farming village. Like once the crops died, or at least that's how they pictured it in uh, part two. So. Uh, when the crops died, Mr. Sato yeah. <laughs> invented a new economy, retail. And uh, he replied, you know, weren't they angry? Like, weren't the villagers angry? That's This is Daniel saying, weren't they angry? 
And she's like, no, it brought new jobs and exactly. better homes. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, it worked out for them. You know, they they evolved. You know, they changed. They kept up with the times. So, but uh, so, but Daniel again, like he was expecting to see the village from part two, and again, he basically comes into this commercialized center. So he's a little disappointed. You know, kind of got his head down. You know, number one, the meeting isn't going well, and now his expectations have been lowered. <laughs> or, or not as expected when he uh, arrived at Tommy Village, but he hears um, music in the background, similar to the bone dance music from before. And he turns around, he sees the stage, and he sees a bonsai demonstration or a bone dance demonstration going on. It's a group of kids and being taught by this lady, right? So he gets a little curious. I don't know. He kind of the look in his eye, kind of suspected, kind of knew. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but he approaches it. He he approaches the stage. And uh, by this time, the woman turns around, and of course, it's Kumiko. It's Kumiko. Kumiko. Kumiko, love it, man. <laughs> and then, and then again, brilliant writing. As soon as you see Kumiko, the flashbacks kick in yeah. of all their scenes together. Yeah, that two. was, dude. That was. I don't mean to uh, cut in, man. No, no, I love cool. it, man. That dude, I got it highlighted in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because Daniel had that look again, man. He was in love again, and those flashbacks man it's just think about it bro if you've ever spent you know time with with a woman back in in the past and i know you're married man so i'm not trying to get you in trouble but (laughs) man you know daniel he had that look like you said man so he was remembering all those memories and did you notice when he was clapping real hard he was clapping the hardest (laughs) i laughed at that too because he was like yo this is this is the girl, and I know we're going to get to that because they actually have a good conversation a little bit later. Oh, but yeah. you know what else I loved about it? And again, not to try to steal your thunder, but man, it's just to, no, to no, me, no, it was a good. great scene. I love how she saw him and she remembered him too, man. Love that, bro. Oh, yeah. Love that. Add to that because I know you got. Son. Add to that because I know you got something with that. <laughs> yeah, well, she wrote, like you. I wrote that down as well. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I like it is number one, you saw the look in Daniel's eyes as he approaches and then when he realizes it's her he's clapping he's excited he has that joy moment that happy moment again he's been down <laughs> pretty much this entire episode and here's joy happiness and then like you said I wrote that down too when she noticed him she said Daniel son with excitement and like you said she remembers him so yeah great scene I, I you know seeing both of them and their flashback that was great. Brilliant writing again. And, you know, I'm going to summarize that at the end about this. Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. And you know what would have been cool, though, at that moment? I'm just thinking about it right now. I just thought about it right now. They should have played Like a Night in the Shining Armor. They should have played that song, Glory bro. Of Glory of Love. That would have been perfect yeah. right there. Come on, man. Yeah. I need to give me on. Give me on as a producer, not messing. <laughs> All right, brother. Consultant, bro. A <laughs> <laughs> music consultant. All right, yeah. man. So my next favorite scene, man, uh, back to Robbie and, and Johnny, man. So they have this conversation. And Johnny, you know, again, he's trying to do his part to make things work out with Robbie. And, you know, come on, man. You know, Robbie, let your dad help you, you know, put down that pride, man. If that's, you know, if we talk about lessons like we always do, you know, hey, you can't, you got to put down your pride at some point. And so that's what I wrote down. Robbie, put down your pride, let your dad help you. And so, but Robbie kind of tells him, all right, one good day, right? You haven't been around for Mm -hmm. a month, which was a good point. You know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a good point. You're right. We had one good day. So where the hell has Johnny been? Well, Johnny's been, you know, tore up, getting drunk and all that. And so Johnny is sorry, but Robbie has a point. 
And then, dude, what really gets Robbie is when he he knows that Johnny chose Miguel over him. And man, I I, I gotta I gotta side with Robbie on that, man, because it's got to be tough. Because I'm your son, bro. You know, you're gonna pick somebody else. And man, I've I've been in those shoes, man, when when my father, you know, chose somebody else instead of me. So I know how that feeling is. And then. You know, here's Johnny's immaturity still, bro, where he says, well, I'm not the one who put him in the hospital. I'm like, damn. Low blow, bro. Yeah, damn, you really blame Robbie too, you know? And so, man, it was just it was just a scene that was going to be just bad for the both of them in that sense. You know, not that they acted bad in that scene, but it was just, they were, they're too prideful, bro. That's, I don't know, add what you want to that. But to me, they're too prideful. What did you think? Did, yeah. you, did you write they're that scene willing- down too? Yeah, I wrote down that scene, and again, Johnny's intentions were good, man, but he got caught up in the moment and threw that low blow, and like you said, I totally agree, yeah, if I'm Robbie, I'm like, dang, you know, <laughs> I'd be mad too, but um, yeah, to, to kind of uh, agree with you on the prideful, man, just put the differences aside, man, start off with a clean slate, bro, but it, like, Robbie can't do that, bro, yeah. he's still too, he's young, man. For sure. Pero también, but in that case, then, bro, then it's it's Johnny's point. He didn't have to say that about he put Miguel in the hospital. You right, see what I'm yeah, saying? So that still shows it. his immaturity, man. So, but the best thing, ah, not the best thing. I'm I'm not gonna even lie. <laughs> the cool thing, not even the cool thing. That's bad. But I like the good uh, thing. Yeah, the good thing. Pincha Payne laughing at him at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so his first name's Sean. Sean Payne. Sean Payne. Sean okay. Payne. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, Sean Payne. All right, brother, take us to your next favorite scene again. I got a feeling where you're going, man. <laughs> this one is um, Yagi-Do versus Cobra Kai, the soccer match. That's what I titled it. <laughs> and so Sam and Dimitri are on, like, the bench just chilling. Um, they see Cobra Kai walking all hard, man. <laughs> you remember that in high yeah. school? The guys who walk like that. <laughs> exactly. They're, <laughs> and, the, they're uh, the only somebody, ones with the red jersey, too. Exactly. Somebody should just go up there and, like, shoulder check them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, open, had, had open, open chest, bro. Just hit them in the chest. <laughs> For real. But uh, Dimitri tells, her, uh, tells Sam, like, he wants to get them back, you know? And basically because they messed up the science project. But... Uh, and then Sam gets a little creative there, man. She's like, hey, what's a good game of soccer without a little physical contact? Basically insinuating, hey, let's get some shots in because we're treating us like doormats. Yeah. You know? And so so they walk onto the soccer field. Uh, the very first thing you see is Sam dribbling the ball. And then she does like this little step over. And these two guys, I think, run into each other. Yeah. Two of the Cobra Kai guys. Was it Rickenberger? I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Just, just say that name again, dog. I like that. Rick and, Rickenberger. <laughs> Rickenberger. <laughs> and so, and then, uh, no, no, no. It's not that one. It was it's, red, she, bro. It was red. Yeah. He just falls down and then she steps over him. She yeah. steps on him. Yeah. And uh, and then of course the next thing you see you see Hawk dribbling like and scoring a goal and does Ronaldo's celebration. Cristiano Ronaldo, right? <laughs> Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> and then and then as he's walking back to I guess to midfield, um, he winks at uh, a Moon because Moon is on the sideline, I guess practicing her cheerleading, and Moon just kind of disses him and she looks at the guy that she's with, you know. Yeah. And uh, so then Dimitri gets in his ear, right? She loved you, you know. Did you say? Oh, yeah, she told me. Man, you had a good thing going with the hottest girl in school. And you ruined it by becoming a loser. Hey! I guess that's why the Europeans call it football. 
Yeah, that was tight though. You know what he said? You know why? You know what I liked about that? Dimitri uh, was pretty cool in that scene where he said, "Then you ruined it by becoming a loser." And then he did the sweep. By becoming a loser, yeah, that was yes. tight. <laughs> then he sweeps him. Yeah. And then, of, and then of course, Hawk kicks the ball into the face of one of the Miyagi Do students. Uh, then he, um, I think he elbows uh, Dimitri as well. And then Sam does the spinning kick on Rickenberg. <laughs> so in this whole time, the PE teacher is telling him to take it easy and calm down. At the end, she just had enough. And she says, everybody go to the principal's office. <laughs> but I just like this scene because, number one, I'm a big soccer fan. I follow, you know, clubs in Europe and or a club in Europe and here in Latin America. And uh, it just got me hyped every time I saw it. It makes me want to take the ball outside and do some dribbling on my own. <laughs> put on, <laughs> All right, bro. Put so, on the cleats. Yeah, put on the cleats. Hey, man. So uh, real talk, though, Sam definitely looked like she never played soccer before. Oh yeah! <laughs> did you see that? You All right. So, what do you think yeah. about what do you think about Hawk Jacob Jacob Bertrand's? I think that's how you pronounce his last name. You think he really played? Yeah. I think he has some skill. He had some. Skill. I mean, I'm obviously, yeah, you know. But I think he he at least knew how to dribble the ball. If you see like the two or three seconds that Sam Mary Mauser and Mary Mauser, we love you. You do a great job. But yes, yes, you, we do. Yeah. He definitely, definitely seemed like she's never played. So she only like really dribbles the ball like two seconds, man, and it's. It's really not good. Anyways, man, that was a great scene. But here's another question, bro. And I know it's kind of apples to oranges, but which scene? This soccer scene in Cobra Kai or the soccer scene in the Karate Kid movie? <laughs> as far as which one was better? Yeah, yeah. Which one would you be like, yo, that was better? <laughs> uh, I would have to say the Karate Kid one, you know. <laughs> the Karate Kid one. Because like dude. you said, uh, Mary Mouser, Sam, yeah, you could tell she didn't know how to play him. <laughs> Um, it's more, I guess, the Karate Kid is more believable because you know you saw Johnny give the instructions to take him out. <laughs> best scene, bro. One of the best <laughs> scenes. I can't wait till we do that, man. We're gonna once we finish with Cobra Kai season three, we're gonna do Karate Kid the movie, man. But yeah, yeah I, I'm sure. definitely Karate Kid the movie as well, man. All right, bro. So uh, my, go ahead, go ahead. No, just one last thing. You know, there's a connection, of course. The soccer is a connection from part one. Because yeah. obviously Daniel played soccer. For sure. But the music that was playing. Oh, yeah. The, mu the music that was playing was from Karate Kid part two. When uh, Chosen pushes. Yeah, the ice. When Daniel is going to break the ice. That's the music that was playing in the background. <laughs> What's the so. name? Did you get the name of it? You're right, dude. I had that down. The song playing is the one mm. after, is the one playing after Daniel broke uh, four sheets of ice. No, I did not. Man. I, I like it, though. Uh, it's like... Yeah, exactly. That's tight, bro. All right, so the next scene, man. Oh, man, love it. Daniel Kumiko, you know, having tea, eating lunch. Yep. She's telling him about her time in England, London. You know, how she saw the cranberries, you know, linger. That's, that's my <laughs> song, head. too, bro. That's my song, Linger, bro. Do you have to let it linger? Man, uh, Kumiko, Tamlin Tamita, to, who today, today's her birthday, man. Today's so her today, birthday, yeah. I know, saw that on Thursday, Twitter. January 28th. Happy birthday. But happy is, birthday. And again, just to, I know we're digressing a bit, but I just got to point this out because she's in this episode a lot, but she looks better to me now than she did back then. What do you think? She has aged very well very well very beautiful very man well. so i love this bro because she's basically flirting with daniel dude like seriously man so she was like i stayed a free agent free agent, free agent. <laughs> and i love what she said although i know deep down she wanted me to get married i stayed uh what was your word for it a free agent <laughs> come on 
I'm supposed to believe that a guy never got a ring on that finger. Many tried, but none of them fought to the death for me. It's a hard act to follow. <laughs> oh, that was dope, bro. And there you go, bro. For all the single guys out there that are listening right now, you want a girl, you want a girl, fight to the death for her. So, uh, and go. then Daniel, pinching <laughs> Daniel is like, yeah, hard act to follow. So, and then this is just, this is just great writing, man. I love what Kumiko says. She's like, well, maybe if we had Facebook or Instagram. And again, that just tells you right there, right? The benefits of social media, you know, as much, as much as we say that social media can be bad, there's some benefits, man, because the connections oh, yeah. that you're able to make with people, you're able to stay in touch with people. I mean, dude, remember back in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, man, when, when, if you wanted to call somebody long distance, you had to get a calling card, you know? Yep. Like, remember that, bro? Like, I remember that, man. I remember I had yeah, this little... Yeah, the dial one and there. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I remember I had this little cutie, so I had to go to the gas station to get, you know, uh, calling cards and stuff. And yeah, man, so you know, definitely there's a benefit of social media, and that's what she said. Look, if we had Facebook and Instagram, maybe um, maybe we would have never lost contact, right? Lost touch. So yeah, yeah. bro, love that scene. Uh, what else do you want to add to that? Well, number one, yeah... Kumiko's musical taste kind of threw me off. I don't picture her being an alternative rock <laughs> type of girl, but hey, you know. Um, but then at the very end, you know, uh, Daniel's kind of telling her about, um, well, number, well, I'm sorry, I got ahead, sorry. She asked him, like, uh, I think she asked him, you know, why did he come to Okinawa? And then Daniel starts talking about his business, kind of calls him out. It's like, no, why did you really come back? That was dope. Uh, I like that. I like, you know what? That was dope. I like that question. Why did you really come back? Love that question. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he's basically looking for guidance, just to sum it up. He uh, he's he misses Mr. Miyagi, and he's kind of at a, a bump in the road, or a, he's hit a wall. You know what I mean? And uh, he doesn't really know what to do because the meeting with Diana didn't go well. And he like he promised him, or he told Amanda he wasn't going to leave without a yes. So he, it's like he's looking for guidance but he just doesn't know where to get it from because Mr. Miyagi's no longer here exactly. or, or has passed away. Yeah. Um, but then Kumiko says, you know, I think I can help with that. And so that was going to be the question is like, when you were looking at this, my question to you is like, when you were seeing this in real time, like what, what did you think she was going to do? Like, did you have an idea? I didn't have an idea, man. I didn't. I didn't either, but I know on our uh, predictions episode, uh, I said that Miyagi was going to have another kid <laughs> that, you know, she's <laughs> yeah. going to take him. She's going to take him to see, Hey, Miyagi has a son that you can talk to because she's like, I can, what did she say? I can, uh, I can help you with that. I wish I could yeah. see him. So I'm like, all right, well, it has to be an offspring. I can make right? that happen. I can make that happen. My bad. And yeah. so I remember, yeah, that's what I said in the predictions. But as I was watching it in real time, I didn't know where she was going, man. So I just knew that my prediction was wrong, but real quick, bro. You ever wonder why she calls him Daniel's son? And why uh, Miyagi called him Danielson all the time? Do you ever did you ever wonder that? I just thought it was a culture thing. Okay, it uh, is a culture it, thing. All right, let me yeah. give it to you because I looked it up, bro. Because I was like, why the hell is she always calling him Danielson? <laughs> so in Japan, bro, when talking about other people, when they use uh, San and San or whatever at the end of the name, it's for honor. So it means Mister or Miss or Mrs. So Mister oh, Tanaka okay. in Japan is Tanaka San. You see that, bro? So I was like, oh, okay, so yeah. that's what it is. So it's Mr. Daniel. So I was like, okay. Because I'm like, if I was Daniel, I'm like, baby, just call me Daniel. You don't call me, call me just Daniel. Call me so no Dan. more. Call me Dan. <laughs> call me Danny. <laughs> DL. Right. <laughs> Daniel. <Yeah. Larissa> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but nah, bro, you you met you you hit it on the nail. You ex- explained exactly, you know, Daniel's looking for guidance, man. And so that's another lesson, man. You know, just what happens when you don't have a mentor in your life, man. You don't have somebody who who can give you wisdom and guide you. You don't have an anchor. You don't have an, an anchor, anchor, bro. There you go, yeah. bro. So, anyways, man, my next favorite scene, dude, is Johnny back at the bar. And again, I already mentioned this, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it on it. But he wasn't in a talking mood. You know, he just wants his right. drink. And then who walks in? Oh my gosh, who walks in, bro? Crease. Crease. And my thing is, how the hell does Crease always find Johnny, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so, like he knows. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like he's stalking his ass, man. So Crease uh, comes in, orders a cutting and water. And again, bro, I'm like, all right, what's I a cutting water? Did you look it up? So it's yep. Scotch whiskey, right? Is that what you I found? Thought it was whiskey and water. Whiskey and water. Scotch whiskey, yeah. Scotch whiskey and water, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, dude, I was like, all right, what the hell is cutting and water? So, anyways, he orders uh, whiskey and water, or whatever. And uh, he's just, man, Crease is just Crease, man. You know, I guess that's a bad way to describe it. But he wants to help, but he also wants to manipulate. And But he's still a dick, too. You know, hey, did you get over oh, your little right. temper tantrum? <laughs> Johnny gets ready to throw down. Yeah, Johnny was ready to throw down. But he, he says again, he tries to build them up, you know, and he says, you did the impossible. You you brought Cobra Kai back to life. You brought me back to life, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you were leading those kids down the wrong path. I mean, just a lot of good stuff there, right, bro? And so, yeah. uh, but when it really hits Johnny, when it really hits Johnny is when he talks about Miguel. And I love this, man. That's when Johnny, you know, you talked about the family part. That's where Johnny gets parental there. And he says, you go anywhere near Miguel or his family and I'll kill you. So Johnny is business right there, bro. Love yeah. it. What do you want to add to that? Definitely took down the scene. Great scene by both of these guys as always. You know, <laughs> again, Chris kind of like bragging, bro. He's like, you're probably in a bad place and I put you there, you think? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? And then, uh, you know, of course, when he mentioned, you know, you brought Cobra Kai back to life, you brought me back to life. And I'm thinking, if I'm Johnny, I'm like, so this is how you paid me back, huh? <laughs> but uh, to add to that, you know, I, I definitely agree. I, I, saw that as soon as he mentioned Miguel getting our boy back number one he said our boy yeah yeah exactly (laughs) getting our boy back on his feet yeah nah he um at that one point Johnny looked a little intrigued a little little but like you said as soon as he mentioned Miguel that all changed man because he was listening attentively man he was just listening listening and yeah once he mentioned Miguel he got he got protective. He's like, nah, man, I'm not gonna let you get to him like you got to me. Yeah, or at least that's the way I thought. No, for but sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely love that scene. Good scene between both of those two, uh, as always. As always, as always. All right, brother, yeah. take us to your next favorite scene. This one is a very small one. Okay. Very small, just mainly because of the connection. Yeah. So it's Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do at the counselor's office. So Hawk comes out of the counselor. I don't know whose idea was it for let to start with him. You know what I mean? Uh, so he comes out of the counselor, uh, counselor's office and she, the counselor tells uh, all the Cobra Kai students that they're free to go. And that all the Miyagi-Do students are going to receive rehabilitative, but not punitive, Saturday detention. And of course, that, you know, anger Sam. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, she throws a little outburst. She's like, that's BS. And uh, the counselor, that's not how we express ourselves. And just for that, she got two weekends. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, I love Sam's response. She hits the um, 
the lockers and she's like, this school sucks. Yeah, but she didn't deliver it like Daniel, though, though man. She yeah. didn't deliver it like Daniel, though. I would have liked yeah, it better. Daniel said if she it like would... twice or three times. Yeah, no, but Daniel seemed more believable. That seemed too, too for me, man. That seemed too, uh, I don't know. It seemed too fake for me. I like, I like, I love, obviously, I love the connection and we know why she said that, but I don't know. It seemed too forced. So, yeah, Sam and the Miyagi Do students are kind of being made to look like a holes in a way. Yeah. You and know? idiots, man. Kind of, you know? Yeah. And Cobra Kai students are like all innocent. Innocent. <laughs> but, and, again, and, but they're playing the game. They're playing smart. Yeah. Like you they're said, playing the you game, know, it's, yeah. all, it's all tying back to to the lesson that Crease did, man. So, yeah, for sure. All right, brother. I got to take this next one, man, because I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. You know, yeah. Kumiko, Daniel, and Yuki's house. And uh, that's probably, you know what? You know how we were talking about w- would Daniel have made it if Tomi Village wasn't the way it is now? But maybe he wanted to go to, you know, Tomi Village where, the way that Yuki's house looked. Because Yuki's house looks nice. It, it looks very reminiscent to the homes we saw in part two. And this is just a great scene, man. You know, um, just a great scene. And, and we learned that Miyagi, Miyagi was a romantic, bro. Miyagi's son <laughs> was a romantic. He wrote letters to Yuki love letters Julia, bro. you know yeah bro and uh she started reading one man i love it you know ever since we were little when you smiled at me so shy i have loved you miyagi bro miyagi you know oh man and then i love this one too you know one good thing came out of our time apart i got to fall in love with you twice in one lifetime dude check this out bro if, tell me tell me something bro let me ask let me ask you this question if there was a book entitled to yuki with love Miyagi's love letters. Would you buy that book? Because I'd buy that book, bro. I would oh, buy yeah, that I'd book, buy bro. <laughs> you know what? We need to we need to get that. We need to do it, dude. <laughs> hey, watch. Somebody's gonna we steal our idea, like bro. We, somebody's gonna steal our idea. They're gonna have. There's gonna be a book six months from now called Tuyuki with Love Miyagi's Love Letters. I'm gonna be so <laughs> mad, man. <laughs> you know, we don't talk like that anymore, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the, yeah, that's wow. Just Mr. Miyagi, yeah, bro. Powerful <laughs> scene, bro. I'll, I'll let you add powerful. more to it add more to it as soon as I finish just covering what I have. Yeah. Uh, I love this, man. Daniel finds a letter written the week that Miyagi passed, man. And she reads that. Great stuff, man. Uh, this is probably the best part right here. In life, I have always looked for signs to show me the right way. But I got lost. Until I met daniel son. His kind heart, strong cheek, and loyalty and love for those around him is a guiding light to me. I'm very proud of the man he has become, even though he still has a hard head. <laughs> I never thought I would have a family again. Daniel-san has welcomed me into his family, and he has passed on what I teach him in Miyagi-do to his daughter. Samantha makes me feel like I'm her tanmei. Oh, tanmei. Grandfather. In life, we always lose our way. It is people, not the signs, that guide us back to the right path. 
Do you like that, Yukie? I heard that in a car commercial. Kanashi Nariyoshi Miyagi. So if we want to connect it to the title of the episode, The Right Path, right? Daniel is looking for the right path. And if you think about it, so is Johnny. He's looking for the right path. But at this point, let's focus on Daniel. He's looking for the right path. He's looking for a sign. As you said before, he's looking for guidance. He's looking for wisdom. And then Miyagi, man, Miyagi speaks to him, just like the bartender said. Like, yeah, he's yeah. he's dead. He's deceased. He's passed away. But he still speaks. And he spoke through this letter. So powerful, man. And life... I have always looked for signs to show me the right way, but I got lost until I met Danielson. I love that, bro. I, I love that, That's bro, because great, that, that just shows how much he he cared about Daniel, man. And did you see Daniel tearing up? I think he killed it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You Daniel, know, and I have a and question. Chemical with, too. Yeah, chemical too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I got a question with that. But I love this. In life, we always lose our way. It's true. We always lose our way. Great, great lesson there. But it is people. Not the signs, right? We're looking for signs, but it is people. It's people, connections, relationships, not the signs that guide us back to the right path. Love, Nariyoshi Miyagi. Amazing freaking scene, bro. Mm -hmm. Real quick, before you add your touch tip, why do you think Daniel was so impacted as Kumiko read that letter? Because, man, he got touched, and the way uh, Ralph Macho acted was great in that scene. But why do you think he was impacted so much as he was listening to these words that Miyagi wrote to Yuki? I think it's, you know, for the majority of the movies, um, Daniel has always thought and talked about how Miyagi was such a great impact in his life. Now he's hearing the impact that he had on Miyagi's life. And yes. it was just, it was overwhelming for him. It was emotional for him, man. He just, he, I guess he never thought how much he meant to Mr. Miyagi. Yes. That's, that's what I can think of. No, and you're I, right. I, I totally wrote down this scene. It was very emotional, bro. Very emotional scene. And it gave us a, just a small glimpse of post Karate Kid 3 kind of, you know, um, like we got to hear that Miyagi actually met Sam. Yeah. And, you know, so I thought that was good, and I definitely agree. Daniel and Kumiko killed it. Just great, both of them, man. But yeah, that, to answer your question, yeah, Daniel was just overwhelmed. Man. Yeah, overwhelmed, <laughs> and you said it right, bro. I, I thought the same thing. Like He was like, all right, you know, this man has meant so much to me, but now I know how much I've meant to him. Dude, that's badass. That is badass. Love it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, of course, remember how we were saying that um, – Daniel is, you know, looking for guidance, and uh, that what the line that uh, Miyagi said, it's people, not signs, that uh, that guide us on track. So we're gonna find out, and that that quote is gonna mean a little bit more, I think, in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, brother, take us to your next favorite scene. There's only a couple left. Yeah, the next one I wrote down is Miguel and Johnny at the hospital. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so uh, Miguel is, uh, and we saw this on the trailer, you know. Miguel is in his hospital bed. He's trying to reach his phone, but it's a little bit out of reach. Johnny walks in. Uh, he says, hey, you want that phone? And, you know, Miguel says, yeah. But he pushes the tray further, and he's like, go get it, kind of challenging him, you know. 
And then Miguel is, you know, kind of being negative. He's like, I can't walk. And even with the surgery, you know, uh, I don't even know. I'll, if I I'll may never walk. And then never can. I may never walk. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Johnny's like, quiet, you know. <laughs> and like, that's you know, the first time we've heard quiet in season three, too. Quiet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk. Even with the surgery, I might never be able to. Quiet. Never can't. Those are just words that are meaningless. It's time for you to get out of that bed and do something. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just going to hand it to you. You want something, you have to crawl across the floor. Use your damn teeth if you have to. You're going to do whatever it takes. And I'm always going to be right here next to you. Because I'll always be your teacher. Now go get it. Yes, Sensei. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just going to hand it to you. Kind of, you know, a little Lincoln Hawk there. You know, the world meets nobody halfway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you want something, you've got to crawl across the floor, use your damn teeth if you have to. Do whatever it takes. And I'll always be right here because I'll always be your teacher. He basically stole a line from Crease, but hey, it was badass. Yeah, <laughs> you know what for I mean? sure, for sure. <laughs> And so he's like, now go get it. And then, of course, Miguel is like all inspired. He's got that look of determination, like, okay. And uh, he just says, yes, sensei. <laughs> and then, of course, comedic value. You see Miguel trying to reach and he falls down. Johnny's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's nurse. Or I think before that, he says he felt like a champ. He felt like a champ, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But definitely powerful, motivational, you know. You got, you're going to have to figure it out, man. When things like this, when challenges or obstacles, you just got to figure them out, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, Miguel's like a light of hope for Johnny, man. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that throughout the throughout seasons. Anytime Johnny's down, it's like he, when he turns to Miguel, that just, that just brings, brings out the best in Johnny, you know? All right, bro. I just made a connection with what we just talked about. So think about how, Miyagi meant so much to Daniel, but Daniel meant so much to Miyagi. Think about how much Johnny means so much to Miguel, but in reality, Miguel means so much to Johnny. It's not signs, it's people. Damn, bro. <laughs> love it, love it, love yeah. it. Yeah, bro, love it, love it, love it. All right, man, next thing for me is uh, just we see Crease going to see Robbie, but before that, dude, Pain, my boy Pain, Clubber Lang, Pain, <laughs> talking shit to Robbie, right? Your girl left you, your dad hates you, and now you got nothing. Just adding insult to injury, bro. But Crease goes to see Robbie, so we just kind of see, you know, uh, the, the seed planted, right, of what Crease is going to try to do. Yeah, actually, before that, let me just a few things on the on the scene we were talking about before about, uh, you know, Crease going to see Robbie and Juvie. You know, number one is like, how did Crease know where Robbie was? How did he know where to find him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was just a question I wrote down. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the things is, you know, this fight or yeah, that fight at the school, that brawl at the school, you know, was so big. So it was all over the news. So I'm sure, you know, the reporter said Robbie Keane is now being held at SDJC or whatever. So that's probably what he knew. So my question more than anything is, why would they let Crease in? He's not family. So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing was just he's using Robbie to get to Johnny. Like before he was trying to use Miguel's, you know, and he saw that that didn't work because that angered Johnny, you know, and threatened him to kill him if he ever goes near him. Now he's like, okay, I can't use Miguel. 
but now I'm going to use Robbie, but not against Johnny in a bad way to try and recruit him back. To yeah, Cobra. to try to get him back for sure. You're going to tug, you're going to tug at his heartstrings. You're going to tug at the thing that, that moves his heart. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he's going to use Robbie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, let me talk about the last scene of this episode. Great scene. <laughs> Great scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daniel and Kumiko, they're at a bar. The camera actually starts uh, with the ice, you know, the three uh, three pieces of ice, like in part two that he breaks. Um, and you hear noise in the background, but you're not exactly sure what it is. So, but then of course, it's just the bartender breaking off a piece of ice to put in the drinks that Kumiko <laughs> and Daniel were drinking. That was a great, that was a great shot. I like that. Yeah, that was, I agree completely. But uh, <clears throat> pretty much he, he toasts to her, you know, for, you know, showing him the letters and, you know, forgiving him that letter that Mr. Miyagi wrote the last one, the week before he died, where he heard that very emotional part about him being impact. And he, he said it felt like Mr. I was back with Mr. Miyagi. So I gave him that feeling, you know, that yeah. feeling like he's there with me, just like he told the first bartender, you know, or the bar, first bartender told him, you know, they speak to us. So I spoke to him and, uh, and I like what, what Kumiko says here. She said that the advice that UPA gave her about putting good out in the world and it will come back. You know, Daniel's like, I could use some good right now. So they're having a good moment, man. And, um, and then, of course, Kumiko says, you know, I know you have some unfinished business, but it'll work out. You know, she's she's kind of encouraging. I love that. I love she's I love Kumiko there because she's believing in Daniel. And, you know, every everybody wants that, man. You want a person, whether a woman or a man, believing in you, right? So, like yeah. that. And then, of course, they they both reach for their drinks at the same time. I don't know if you caught this. And their hands touch and, you know, they're smiling, you know, again. Oh, really? I didn't get that. I didn't yeah, get like that. Like, they reach. I saw it. I caught it at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hey, he's gonna get one of those letters and write it to Kumiko, man. To Kumiko with love. DL. <laughs> So, like I said, they're smiling, but then you hear in the background, Daniel-san. And then, of course, they turn. Yeah. Chosen, baby. Chosen, baby. <laughs> chosen. <laughs> and then the flashbacks. Love it. All of them chosen kicking his butt, really. <laughs> yeah, bro. Tearing them up. Kicking his ass. Daniel-san. my honor again and I kill you Chosen insult my honor again and I'll kill you I love that bro because <laughs> now we think because that's where it ends basically right that's right. where this episode ends so now we think alright Chosen and Daniel are about to throw down in the next episode man <laughs> do you think uh, when uh, when I saw Chosen actually you know what kind of would have been better and I I just now thought of this when their hands touched as they were grabbing as they were grabbing their drinks. If Chosen would have just slammed his hand down like he did uh, when they were at the dance in part, yeah, <laughs> they were holding hands and comes and slams the bottle like that. That would have been dope. Like that, I thought that that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been that would have been dope, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but here's the thing. Um, do you think it leaves us hanging? Cause do you think Chosen is still angry or insulted because of his honor? 
you know. <laughs> you know what, bro? I don't want to answer that because we're going to get that answer in the next right. episode, man. So uh, we're going to get exactly that answer for that. So I'm not even going to answer that, bro, because but at that point, the way it was shot and the way that episode ended, it made us believe, damn, this guy's still pissed at Daniel. He's about to kick Daniel's ass. So <laughs> You know what? One thing I noticed is it's almost similar to Daniel because, or similar to Johnny. I'm sorry, similar to Johnny. Because basically both Johnny and Chosen, after they lost that fight to Daniel, their life is, or you, it kind of gives you that glimpse, right? Their life has really, really gone to down the drain, bro. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. changed. They haven't yeah. been the same. So it's just something I noticed. Like, yeah, their life post Daniel hasn't been that great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, we'll we'll see more of that. Yeah. In the next yeah. We're episode, gonna see man. more. Sorry, For I'm sure. getting ahead, man. It was just a good tease, good yeah. cliffhanger. Good tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. What's your running back scene, man? We're getting to the categories. We're down to the finish line here. What's your running back scene? That scene that you can watch over and over again. It's got to be Daniel and Kumiko at UPA's house. Man. Oh, heck yeah, bro. I'm with you. Got to be it, man. Badass scene. Hell yeah, dude. The, the love letters, uh, Macho's acting, Kumiko reading it. Perfect setting. I love how it was outside. It's nighttime. They're reading the letters. Very intimate. I'm not saying that, you know, Daniel and Kumiko got it on or anything, but just, <laughs> a, right. just a beautiful scene, man. And Miyagi, bro, the spirit of Miyagi, it was, man, it was evident, man. So love it. I'm with you there. Why else do you love that, though? Just really the wisdom that he gave them about, you know, the feel, or not, not just the wisdom, but the impact, or Daniel found out the impact he had on, on Mr. Miyagi, and that was just too overwhelming for him. But again, the wisdom that he shared about it's it's people, not signs that help you get back on track. So... Which, yeah, that's the quote I, I think I took down, that quote. <laughs> yeah, so is that your best line, best quote of yeah. the show? Okay, I'm with you there, too. So I'm going to repeat it, you know, uh, and we're, man, we're, we're two for two on this one, man, which is cool. We both have the same thing, but, you know, the best quote, best line in this episode for the both of us is, in life, we always lose our way, but it is people, not the signs, that guide us back to the right path. All right, brother, CK3. Your top three. Hey, bro, I'm going to give you my uh, number one. And you can add two more. You can add three. But my number one, dude, is Miyagi. Miyagi, dude. Miyagi is the MVP of this freaking show, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. His love letters. Miyagi is the MVP for me, man. I didn't even think about Miyagi. Miyagi, he's the MVP, dude. He is, dude. He is. I I mean, okay, I'm sure you're going to give it to Kumiko as well. But Miyagi's number one for me. Who else do you got? I put down Daniel, Kumiko, and I even put Johnny down in there as well. But yeah, I, I put those three and, you know, but yeah, Miyagi has definitely stole the show. <laughs> yeah, Miyagi stole the run. And it's crazy because he wasn't even in it, you know, but just his spirit, just his spirit, his letters, like, yo, the way it was written was great. I got to give it up to Miyagi. I'm going Kumiko. I'm going Daniel. Those are my three, man. So, mm-hmm. all right, brother. So, uh, from zero to five, all Valley trophies. How many is this one getting? This one was one of the good ones, man. This one, I think, is the one that kind of started, I don't know, kind of started it getting like more and more and more intriguing, like you just wanted more and more, yeah. <laughs> you know? I guess I'm going to give this one, well, wait, before I give you my rating, let me just tell you why. The way the writers incorporated 
Karate Kid Part Two, and this is just one episode. You yeah, know, yeah, it's just badass. It's just perfect. No other way to say. It. You know, I just it fits the story. They didn't just what's the word? Just fit it in to fit it in. It actually fits the story. So I'm gonna give this one a four point five. Really? Yeah, All right, baby. You know what I'm giving it? I'm giving it five. It's a five, dude. Five. Hell yeah. Because I can watch this one over again. I can watch that Daniel Kumiko scene reading the letters. I yeah. can watch Daniel um, seeing Kumiko for the first time after 30 years. It's just great. And like you said, bro, the way they just put together part two, God, it's awesome, dude. So this is my five, man. This is a five. This is five, this is, this is an episode. Look, we, we've covered four. Mm-hmm. And out of the four, I would watch this one again before I'd watch any of the others. So that's why it's a five for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Even even the one that's gonna come up later in the No, I'm season? talking about the four that we've covered. Oh, just from the four. <laughs> I'm talking that about the one through four that we've got. No, the one oh, through okay. no, the one through four that we got. You know it's gonna be five point five. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one through four that we've covered so far, oh. right? Aftermath, nature Aftermath, versus nurture. Yes. <laughs> now you're gonna pay in this one. This is the best one out of those four, dude. I love it. It's a great episode. Great writing, great nostalgia. Just it was great, man. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, this, like I said, this one is right here where you're hooked the rest of the way. You just, like, you got to keep seeing it. (laughs) And you can see this over and over again. Well, we have to remember this, man. So maybe at the end, when we're done with all the episodes, we can do like a, you know, like a awards show for the top three, you know, episodes. So, but again, for me, this is one of the best, man. All right, brother. So we've done it again, man. And we just want to thank you guys for listening. You know, we really appreciate you just supporting our show and listening to our show. So, again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to leave a rating. You don't know what that rating does for us, but it helps us out. When you put five stars up there, it helps us out. It helps other people know that you think that this show is great. So, again, we appreciate you. And if you could do that for us, we'd appreciate you even more. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button so that you know when the next cobra kai never dies episode comes out so jose man appreciate you as always bro we can't wait till next week man next week we're covering episode five bro so anything you want to say before we get out i just thank you again to everybody who's listening to us man like like ac said we really appreciate it man we enjoy doing this we enjoy the show and just continue to (laughs) share what what we see and Hopefully any everyone enjoys it and gets something out of it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. There's wisdom, baby, because Cobra Kai never dies. Never dies. <laughs> All right, baby. Take care. Bye.